the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And as they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Dear faithful, as I just said, today we celebrate the feast of that first and great martyr of the church, Saint Stephen. And though we would perhaps like to remain at the crib contemplating the incarnation of the divine word, let us take a short break from that to learn the all-important lesson on forgiveness from the great deacon martyr, which is nothing other than the ultimate lesson given us by our Lord himself as he was being crucified. And this is a most timely lesson, for it seems that Christmas time, when all should be joy and goodwill, that grudges and family feuds make themselves even more apparent and pronounced than during the rest of the year. There are few things in common life more surprising than the fact that some people seem to consider themselves good Christians and well-worthy to receive the sacraments, but who have a grudge against some of their neighbors and never speak to them, perhaps never even answer them, even if they are approached with charity by the people whom they hold grudges against. These people seem to think that they are worthy to receive the sacraments quite frequently. Some of them, I fear, consider themselves to be very pious and devout and model Christians. They might do all sorts of works of charity or frequent the Adoration Chapel or say long prayers, though if they really thought of the words on their lips, I don't know how they could manage to get through one Our Father. As we forgive those who trespass against us, ought to stick in their throats. They will not speak to those persons who, as they think, have transgressed against them. Logically, then, they wish that God himself should have nothing to say to them. Forgive us, they say to him, as we forgive. We will not speak to others, so, Lord, do not speak to us. Turn your back on us, pass us by, just as we do with those whom we hold grudges against. Cut us off from thy friendship, and you may as well just send us to hell. That is what every Our Father means in the mouths of these hypocrites when they say, Forgive us as we forgive. Let these people get through their con- how these people get through their confessions and receive absolution is as surprising as that they should make the attempt to do so. They are caught, no doubt, once in a while but it is to be feared that a large portion of them slip through the confessional either by saying nothing about the sinful disposition in which they are or by lying to the Holy Ghost himself and to their own hearts. If they were, if they would but examine them by putting all of the fault upon the other party. Remember that when we go to confession, it's to confess our own sins and not the sins of others. When the other party appears, then we come near to the truth very often. I spoke to so-and-so today, but they refused to answer me. 
Now let it be distinctly understood that to refuse to answer anyone who speaks to us with a good intention, to take no notice of a word or a salute or a greeting given with a view of renewing friendship and making amends for past transgressions, or even out of ordinary politeness, is, in almost every case, sinful. Of course, I do not mean that this is so when the omission comes from a lack of attention or carelessness. No, I mean when it is intended as a cut or an affront to the other party. About the only instance in which this can be allowed is that of a superior who has a right to take the matter into their own hands and can put off reconciliation for a time without danger. For example, the father of a family may keep one of his children at a distance for a while, in this way as a punishment for an offense. But what I'm speaking on is the matter between equals, one of whom can have no right to punish the other. But you may say, this person has hurt me so much, he or she ought to beg for my pardon. Perhaps this may be so, though often, if we could see our own hearts and that of the other as God sees them, we ought to be begging pardon just as much as the offending party. It is very rare that an unprovoked injury is done by anyone consciously and without what seems a pretty good excuse to himself. But even granting that the injury is really grievous and unprovoked, do you expect your neighbor to go down on his knees in front of you or to humble himself by a formal apology, not knowing how it will be taken by you? Would you find it easy to do such a thing yourself, however guilty, especially after having been ignored and not spoken to for weeks, months, or even years? No, by ignoring and treating coldly others in this way, we put the balance of injury against ourselves, however great we may have, however great may have been the other's offense. Let us have then no more of this. If one is not willing to be in charity with his or her neighbor, let him or her not come to confession, or at least, if coming, take care to state the matter as it really is. Go first and be reconciled to thy brother, and then, coming, thou shalt offer thy gift at the altar, our Lord says. Let us each follow the example of St. Stephen, who forgave those who were stoning him, just as our Lord forgave his tormentors. And so we shall fulfill the command of the Savior, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.